Welcome to another episode of La U Times. Thank you for listening. In this episode, we covered Tigres versus Cholos, 1-1 tie, Florian's exit, the arrival of Diego Lainez, and the game heading into San Luis, as well as touching a little bit about the Las Amazonas. Enjoy the episode. We are back, La U Times. The podcast with the boys again. We got Edgar today from Double L Nation, Lewis from Tigres in English, and Woods from Tigres Talk. Fellas, we had a uh, not the best result. We were sort of confident on the last pod about the game in Tijuana. Quickly talking about it. Lou, why don't you start us off? Tell us uh, some things that you saw in that game. 1-1 one, one result, obviously we know, with a genia called yeah, we, we had a, had a high expectations for them going into the game, but I think we fell right into Cholos' game plan with that early mistake. Uh, I think if if we hadn't made that early mistake, given up that early goal, the game would have been a totally different. But once we gave up that early goal, it changed the entire game and it turned Cholos uh, into game destroyers, which is what they wanted to do to begin with. They wanted to uh, foul a ton, slow down the game, uh, you know, just frustrate us, especially with the pitch being in such poor condition. I think they that really frustrated us, uh, and we just weren't able to do much after that. Yes, we had 23 fouls in the game committed against us, and Angulo walked out of there like he went to war. Um, you know, that turf, we talked about it briefly, briefly at the end of the last pod. And knowing that, you know, in, no injuries uh, we, or could have caused injuries. So... Luckily, nothing came out of that. Double it's nation. So I was I was on mute when I said this, but did you see did you see the picture of his leg afterwards, Angulo? Yes. Violent man. Yeah, I mean, but it's like uh, Lou said, you know, that was the intention. They were trying to stop the game as much as possible. They didn't want to let us have uh, possession, which we ended up having sixty-one percent possession on that game. Edgar, I was going to ask, uh, what were your thoughts about the game? Anything that stood out to you? Uh, maybe a player. Well, the biggest positive for me was Gignac is three for three right now. And I think it's going to get four to four. I think that's really good. I know at the beginning of the season, I said he was going to score 11 this season. So he's, you know, on track to hit that mark. I think that's one of the best positives from this game. But other than that, uh, just like Luis was saying, very sloppy. It was very difficult to for either side to really have control of the game because Cholos was struggling too just with their own field. And that was embarrassing and just it made for a really frustrating game. Yeah. Woods, your boy Igor Lichnowski was uh, a little lost on that play, on that goal to begin the game. Any thoughts on your boy not having, boy. yeah, boy, one of his I'm best not, games? I don't know. It's a love and hate between me and him. I was I, you know, I was saying he was the guy to start with, and then, you know, he goes and play, plays in cuckoo land, and then I'm off him, and then he re- improves recently, and then next thing, he's not even tracking runners. I don't know. He's one of them defenders, isn't he? I mean... But that, for me, in the overall game, though, the overall pitch conditions, even though, yeah, they were shocking, I could see mishit passes, and that did affect the game. But I don't think that comes into account in terms of our team structure, the way um, the way the team sort of, like, distanced himself and uh, well, didn't really have that same trust in each other we saw in the last two games. So I don't think that had anything to do with that. So I don't want to use the pitch conditions as too much of an excuse because I'm really not buying into it. I just think, personally, today... Um, that the last uh, the previous game, Cholos, uh, Diego Coca is um, only, only made a couple of subs. His subs were wrong. 
Um, we went into the game with the uh, the wrong approach. He should have brought Kinyonis into the middle, but he kept him out wide. And I just think stuff like that um, cost us the three points. Yeah, especially uh, you mentioned the substitutions. Well, one, he only made two substitutions, which he brought in Nico Lopez for Carioca, and that's where the, the teams sort of lost uh, the structure that it was or the momentum that it had created uh, against Cholos after the goal in that second half. So little mistake or error there, something that needs to be adjusted. Lou, what do you make about, you know, Cordova not playing uh, this game, this past game? It's starting to concern me, not so much because of his level of play, but it's it's I, I'm starting to get the feeling that he's not getting along with Coca. And I think that's concern, more concerning than if he was in a slump, in a playing slump. It just tells me that he's not doing what Coca is asking him to do. I don't know if that means that he's just not uh, covering the space that Coca wants him to cover or he's just not following directions. But I'm starting to get the feeling that Cordova might be the next guy we off offload uh, in the in the summer. Kind of like the way Tovan went, you know. It, a lot of Tovan's uh, exit was due to, to him not getting along with Coca. So I think I'm getting the sense that Cordova is heading that way too. Especially because, you know, this, the midfielder option that he's using as a first option is uh, Juan Pablo Vigón. And one thing that we know about Vigón is his hustle is never going to be questioned. And so I think that that's where the lack of playing time might maybe due to. Uh, maybe, like you said, not doing the defensive adjustments or the, or the pressures or the having the intensity to get on the ball. Because, I mean, our midfielders, as old as they are, right, they've shown – a tenacity to uh, pressure the ball and move the ball quickly when they do have possession. And that's one thing we criticized about uh, Tovan, right? He didn't have any intensity when he was out on the pitch, no sense of urgency. And I, I get the feeling that Cordoba is kind of the same way. And that's not what Coca wants out of his midfielders. So I think he, he might, he might end up struggling under Coca if, if he doesn't change his attitude. Yeah, I could see that too. Edgar, uh, I know you were uh, campaigning about the Florian fantasy that we could have had. What are your thoughts on uh, the final exit of uh, Mr. Flo? Man, it really, really hurt. And it hit me just disbelief all of Monday. And I, I know I woke up Monday morning and I did my little research for the day. And I was like, all right, the next 72 hours is going to be very important because there's going to be movements. And then four hours later, he was done. But he wasn't sold and he wasn't loaned out. He was just done. And I think that's kind of just what hurt the most. Just that, well, for me personally, I just had so much faith in him and just like all of this belief that um, something was going to happen. And he has the talent. He still has the talent, regardless of whatever said about him. You can't argue that he's talentless. Mm -hmm. uh, but just to see him go like that, it, it hurt. But I think it was just the best decision, unfortunately. And the way that it was handled, too, it was, you know, the, it was just an announcement that came out of the blue. We all were thinking that he was going to either be loaned out. I was pushing for him to be loaned out, come back in six months, get some playing time, get in shape, and maybe have the talent that we projected he was going to have. Woods, any uh, thoughts on your end about his exit? Uh, I put on Twitter previously that um, if I knew it was going to win like this, I, I I know it sounds mad, but if I knew it was going to win like this, I generally would have rather have just not signed Ibanez, honestly. Like, um, I mean, I'm with Edgar, realistically. It's uh, 
shocking the way it's happened with the quality he has just to release him sort of thing. And it's something that I've I've picked up with this club and um the you know the institution, you know, um the 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 love for the clubs obviously there. The the club is getting regular investment all the time and it's getting like mad additions. Quality is brought into the squad constantly, but however, I, I just feel at times there's a there's a lack of a plan sort of thing, and it proves when you bring in these caliber of players, you know, your you know, Ibanez and stuff, and uh, uh, Goriaran, but then it, it it's it it causes you to offload one of your you know best players in the league in terms of quality wise for nothing because of the whole uh, <laughs> the whole foreign thing like um. Was it rule going in with the league? So I just, I just feel if this club is a bit more considerate in how it went about in terms of its transfer plans, that will be a lot better because the imbalance of the team is what has killed us in the last few years in terms of you know we'll, we'll be loaded up front and then we'll have no no good defenders. So it's something that we need to, uh, you know, in my opinion, that needs to be sorted. And hopefully, Coker coming in and having his own establishment on transfers will sort that out eventually when he tests the players and see who he wants to keep, who he wants to sell. But we can only wait and see. Yeah, I think it also goes back to the Piojo hire. I mean, I think it was a bet on Piojo solidifying the decade team to maybe a championship like we talked about or two, and then seeing if he had evolved as a coach and create a plan with him. And that's why I thought it was a short deal. And it was, you know, letting him go was the best thing that could happen. And now with Diego Coca, we get sort of a new approach to a new plan and development, but with now the team being uh, – rejuvenated with a lot of younger talent and you bring in the best, you know, score in the last year and a half or so in Mexico, Nico Ibanez. So I think that the plan now to move forward is there. I don't, because of the limbo that the Piojo uh, hire created, put us in this situation. And it was, it's a reflection of how our team was. It was just a chaotic time and chaotic uh, team playing on the field. So, yeah, I, I think, we need to stop negotiating when we're desperate. That's one thing that I, I have to criticize the front office on is that all the other teams that we're trying to negotiate know that we have to offload these players. So we have no, no, no leg to stand on with these negotiations. They have all the upper edge on it. Thankfully, it seems to me like now that Coca's here, there's actually a game plan of what type of players to bring in. There's going to be solid scouting instead of uh, just bringing in players and see what hits the wall. I think now there's a plan with Coca. I think Coca's being more vocal about the type of players he wants and players that are going to fit his system. Uh, with Piojo, I think a lot of it was just based on emotion. I mean, look at Caicedo. I mean, it's just wasted money. Um, unfortunately, Tovan ended up being wasted money. But we didn't deal it, deal with it properly. If we were going to move from, from Tovan, we should have done it last season while his stock was still high right now, his stock's so low, you can tell because nobody's even trying to get him on a loan. And so we ended up having to pay his release clause and we're having to fix everything, you know, with, with, with cash. And that's just a bad, bad game plan, bad approach to business. And so hopefully I think that's something that, that they're going to fix in the future, but you know, they've made a lot, a ton of bad moves. I mean, and, Thinking, talking about the money aspect, the Premier League spent $466 million uh, this uh, winter transfer and Liga MX, $62 million, which half of it was Tigres with, I believe, $30, $35 million. So 
obviously we're in the business of uh buying talent and as a fan it's a it's great uh, but you never want to see wasted talent go out like this. And in the past, you know, we let go of some players on free transfers like Jurgen Dam. Um, we ended up letting go for free. And Ener Valencia, if I'm not mistaken. And Edu Vargas? Or did we end up selling Edu Vargas? No, I think, I think we sold Edu Vargas. I think we got something out of him. So, yeah, but he had six months left and he was sold. Yeah. So... We want to make sure we're on the right end of business, but and not try to fix everything like you said at Villatazos. Um, any uh, favorite moments uh, of Florian Tuvon with Tigres? We'll start off with uh, Edgar. That classical goal was it a cross or was it not? That was the best moment, and I think most fans would agree that that was where he peaked. Unfortunately, Lou. Yeah, I got to agree with Edgar, uh, the classical goal, I think, just because it made the neighbors burn. Uh, it was just so much controversy around him. Uh, one of my favorite moves was him and Chaka Rodriguez in a give-and-go at the game in Houston. They had a beautiful give-and-go that led to a Pizarro goal. Mm, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, those two moments are the ones that stand out in my head. What about you, Woods? Any favorite moments? Oh, between two... Um... Ironically, uh, the, his, his pass to Jolos, you might remember this, a uh, crossfield pass to Gignac, cross goal, 1-0, one 1-0 nil, one nil win away at home at the end, yeah. And um, secondly, which I'm, I'm surprised none of you two boys brought up, the uh, the the overhead kick goal in the leg, uh, leg wheeler in the semi-finals. So, um, you know, it, it would probably have to be that leg wheeler overhead kick moment because that was when he only scored one goal prior to that and that was when we, we nailed down and thought, right, he's arrived, that's it. The new Gignac has arrived. Unfortunately, injuries happen. Yeah, I was a big and fan. And the celebration of... afterwards was awesome, too. Yeah, on oh, that, yeah. On that goal. And the moment, man, it, it was great. Mine was, uh, I think it was when I basically saw the quality type that uh, of a player he was when he scored a goal uh, from outside the box. And he dribbled, like he took a few dribbles, and then he just placed it on one side of the, uh, I think he hit it first post. I can't remember who he scored it against, but it was one of his first uh, few goals. Um, just showed all the talent that he had, and I was like, "What a play!" What's that? Was it Canastro? Am I mixing up games? Uh, it could have been. I, I, I need to see the. I would have to see the highlight again. Um, but his exit means you know something positive comes out of it. We uh, added another player who uh, it's going to be, I think, a great contribution to the team. A uh, little bit of a different type of player than Florianes. A little bit more pace which I think can help his case uh, into getting some playing time. But Diego Lainez arriving. Lou, what are your initial thoughts of Diego Lainez, former national team player, missed the World Cup at the at the last minute, and now on the bench for Tigres? Another uh, Olympic uh, medalist, too, uh, along with Cordova, Loroña, Angulo. So I, I personally like Lainez a lot just because of what he can do. Uh, his dribbling ability is excellent. So I think he'll be able to take on players, especially if he comes in as a sub. I think he's going to give us a ton of uh, options uh, to be able to come in and, and help the team out. I think he's unique in that sense that he's probably going to be our best one-on-one -on -one dribbler and best guy to take on defenders. Uh, he's better than Quinones. And so I think we're adding a, an excellent weapon to the squad. 
And it just gives you a different type of winger than what Florian could have been or intended to use. Edgar, uh, have you you know have you been keeping up with him with his, his time in Europe? Anything that you can add uh, or where he might fit in on this squad? I mean, I know in Europe he didn't have the best uh, time over there, and I could have sworn he had scored more than I think it was four goals, but I mean, apparently that's what it was. Um, but I think. Uh, he's going to definitely take advantage of this opportunity for him. I think he really has something to fight for. I don't think he's going to come in and automatically be on the starting 11. Uh, like we said, he's going to be coming off the bench, but I think that alone is going to motivate him and give him that more of a push. The fact that he had to come back to Liga MX, um versus just trying to find a spot in Europe. Cause in order to get back there, I mean, he's got to do great here and I give him about two years. He'll definitely be back. And I think that, He's going to become a top player here. Woods, anything to add? Anything uh, that you might have seen on the other side of the pond? Yeah, I saw him in the Olympics actually, and for me, with my play with the tournament in that in, inside tournament, I haven't watched um, <laughs> I haven't watched the game. I watched Brazil go all the way, of course. And uh, the thing is, uh, that with Real Betis, they've been one of the outsider teams instead of the top four in the Liga for quite a while under Pellegrini, our top coach. Um, and obviously, with the competition, he's got Nabil Fakir. Uh, Canales, who's just gone there last year, so um, obviously, the he was always only going to be an impact player, there, unfortunately. But you know, the, the quality he uses, and I remember the uh, the teams in the Premier League actually after his uh, Olympics, uh, his Olympics campaign were were flying through the charts, but he was he stayed dedicated to Spain, which turned out to be a mistake because he didn't, didn't really get any playing time. So, um, you know, coming back here, a more suitable environment for him, his home country. Hopefully he can get himself back on the radar. Hopefully he can stay committed to the club and he can uh, can be a long term, uh, you know, player for us. I'm hoping. Um, but end of the day, that's only something we're gonna see the for the for, for the foreseeable future. And uh, no, I think I think he'll fit into the team well. It's um it rebalances the squad after you know, unfortunately what's happened with Talvan. You know, get another creative midfielder slash winger in there, can play on the left on the right, and uh, yeah, it's, it'll, be, it'll be a good signing. Definitely gives us depth for uh, both tournaments. I think that we can make two lineups easily for uh, both tournaments and not have a problem. So I'm excited on on that end with this with the depth, and I'm even more excited with you know the, the coaching job that we've had in the first three games. I think that Diego Coca has stepped up to the plate. He's been able to handle the team. hasn't looked best uh, at all times, but has found a way to win the first two games and get a tie out in uh, Tijuana. Um, we got San Luis up next. Any uh, beginning predictions, uh, Lou, for this game? The thing about San Luis is they might not be loaded with talent, but they're very well coached. Uh, Jorginho, the, the Brazilian coach, is, is fantastic. I think he's – I've always secretly wanted him for Tigres. Uh, he he coaches them up really well, um, so I think it'll be a tough game. But we are at home, and we do have you know more weapons. It's Nicuibanes's old team, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, but I I foresee Tigger is winning maybe two 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 one two nil. Edgar, we uh, somebody has to come out of this lineup, and you know Lou mentions Nicuibanes has to come in. Who's the uh, odd man out? 
I don't know that he'll start this Saturday, but for future lineups, possibly Quinones, despite the fact that he's having a really good season. Um, I think he might be the one coming off uh, and just kind of be that super sub for Coca. Hopefully, um, he also takes advantage of it. And I mean, competing with Quinones, especially now that he's, you know, back from the dead, uh, it's going to be good for both of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's 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 playing well, man. I mean, even against Tijuana, he was one of our most dangerous players. I think that he's he's down with the system. He's down with the coach. So it benefits the whole squad and us. Um, Woods, any thoughts about coming into this game? Um, Nico Ibanez, do you think he starts, comes off the bench? And if he starts, who's the odd man out in the starting lineup because of the foreign rule? I don't think it should be an odd man out, to be honest. I think we just go again as it is. I know, um, obviously, Sholos were great from a tactical point of view in terms of how the team performed. But, you know, um, we'll be coming back home. We'll want to get that form reunited again. You know, this is the same 11 that had a good run in the first two games. I'd be, I think it'd be much more sensible if we bring off the bench, ease him into the side, and then we'll go from there. But I still think we'll win regardless. I think yeah, I'll, I'll have to agree with Lewis. I'll go 2-0. Edgar, did you give me your score? Did you think? I did not, but it's going to be 3-1. I have Gignac back on the scoreboard. Uh, Nico Ibanez coming in as a sub, scoring. And I don't know who's scoring the third one, but I can see those two back on the scoreboard. Igor Lichnowski. I'm going 3-1, to one, and I'm going Nando Gorrarian, who I think has been our best player all season in the first few matches. And then... Gignac, and I think Nico Ibanez comes off the bench and scores his first goal at El Volcan. Um, lastly, Lou, I didn't get your thoughts about uh, who the odd man might be in the lineup. You know, one has to sit out in, in future lineups. I still think you shouldn't mess with the midfield. So, uh, in my opinion, I think it needs to be either Angulo or Aquino. Uh, if, if, you had, if I had to go with one, I would, I would pull Angulo. He was great against Cholos, but he tends to make mistakes that really annoy me. And he, so I would pull him. The only thing, though, is one one of the foreign players has to come off. Um, oh, that's true because of the so hole. So, it's well, either, you could fix it by starting Reyes over Igor. And I think that's what, that's what that the move is. Diego Reyes, resurgence in 2023. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, calling, it here, calling it here on the pod. Calling it here on the pod. Um, just wanted to, uh, you know, mention it, uh, the goalkeepers, guys. Uh, have you guys noticed that Aaron Fernandez is on the coaching uh, staff and then Enrique Palos is doing something with the U-20s, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, so yeah, they're both, yeah, they're both goalkeeper coaches now. Yep. Well, and but we can't find a spot for Damian Alvarez in Uguayala. Hey, don't start that. Don't start that, Arnoldo. I'm just saying, like, I, I've seen it over the years. Palma Rivas has been around too. Like, where are the guys that we need, like, teaching our young future? Like, hey, this is how you win championships with all this skill. Damian, Uguayala, Juninho, like, where are these guys at that, you know, they're not around? I don't know if I've ever thrown it out, but. Maybe I have, but I just forgot. 
honestly, I think Tigres should go. You know how the universities are set up over here, where there's like a linebacker university and a DBU university. Like LSU prides themselves in being like the top recruiters for the best uh, defensive backs in the league. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I feel like Tigres should go down that route with uh, holding mids and center backs. Like the whole back line and just concentrate on recruiting the best from the nation and then move them up instead of going out and paying guys like Lichnowski a ton of money. You could just bring them out of the youth system and just become known for that. I feel like if you had guys like Juninho and Ayala being your, your either recruiters or coaches, you would get a ton of people wanting to come over the true professionals, legends, and they could do a great job of coaching these guys up. I mean, eventually you're going to have to, with all that money Semex has, we're going to have to create jobs for Guido Pizarro, Nahuel, Gignac. We're going to have to find roles for these guys on the squad or on the, in the club. Well, you know, Nahuel's going to be your brand ambassador, man. That guy can that guy can talk. Yeah. Dude, and imagine, like, the scouting he's going to be able to do in Argentina. Yeah. it's gonna They're going to be great assets. And that's why I brought it up. I saw them in the, in the vlog – uh, from the Jornada Tres, which is excellent vlog. I, I really love what Tigres is doing with social media. It was on the website earlier today, and the website is fantastic. It's not updated with the women's new title because it first it, it tra- automatically translates to English because it picks up the location, and then it shows you, like, as you're scrolling all the titles of men and women uh, while you're browsing on the web. It's great. So I wanted to point that out about those guys and, uh, you know, Got to find a way to keep our uh, players like giving so much to the club and organization to uh, continue to give us. Which, speaking of the women, man, how great was Hawaii against uh, Bayern? Phenomenal. Amazing stuff. I just love players that are not scared of the moment, man. Players that are that are like, they know everybody's watching and they play even better. I was just like, man, this – like, Hawaii knows everybody's watching right now, and she put on the show, man. It was just fantastic to watch. She didn't care taking on people one-on-one. I mean, she put so many moves on these players that, like, a lot of times, like, they they even knew she was coming, and they still were kind of amazed and surprised. Everybody, all the girls stepped up to the plate, man. Like, they, they knew the importance of that game, and, like, ha- having that – you know, we talked about it on the men's side always, like that championship pedigree is contagious and all those, you know, players coming in and like all the younger girls seeing this squad just excel, you know, it makes the decision easier for Mari Carmen Reyes to come over when she's got, you know, national team players and, you know, knowing the importance of Las Amazonas and what they're doing with like the brand. So I thought it was huge. I think all of them played a phenomenal game. I mean, they were obviously more physical, but, we they established their game. They you know they you can tell the coaching has been tremendous with Moscato. Yeah, that was a huge win. I mean, we criticized the front office, but they nailed it with Moscato as a coach. Yeah, Medina was, Medina wasn't taking us anywhere, man. I mean, that guy was stale. Well, you can't market Medina anyways. Like how, you know, how do you convince the fan base or like the girls like when this person's like like he's not even likable and like for the common folk. Yep. So I think it was great. I think there's a lot of great things that are going to happen more with that team. And, you know, it's just going to continue. The only, um, I guess, con I have with all of it is that they continue to get better and everybody else 
doesn't really get much better besides a few teams, a couple of teams. Hey, I'm okay with winning every year. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm sure. not gonna get tired of it. I mean, it makes every it makes our uh, the men's elimination a lot easier to deal with. For real. So. Well, the women's Concacaf Champions League should be coming at some point. I mean, there's been rumors for a while now. Hopefully, it does. I'd love to see. Uh, international. That would be awesome. Them. Dude, you know how badass that would be for like just the whole brand in general. Like they're dominated Mexico and then dominate the region and then eventually create more competitions and they go represent. Isn't there already a women's Concacaf uh, Champions League? I don't really follow the. Uh, no, see the mm-hmm. thing is, I don't really, I don't really have time to follow the uh, the games. I did get catch a glimpse of the highlights against Bayern. Not Ali on the left wing. To be honest, she's a ball already. <laughs> they twisted that defender up, to be fair. But I'm, I've got this picture in my mind. If you imagine if um, the Tigress men's team win the CONCACAF Champions League and then the women's simultaneously both go into the, the Club World Cup. That would be that awesome. That would be awesome. And I don't think it's uh, too far. We're too far from it. I think that it's uh, it's going to happen. And, I, you know, with everything that... Tigres caused this week in the media and last week with the signings and everything and just spending money. It just validates that they're going to get left behind no matter what. Like eventually these teams that are so popular, they're going to get more of their fan base. I'm not saying that it's going to completely diminish in Mexico, but it's going to turn like you're not going to have people cheering for Cruz Azul in 10, 15 years. You're not going to have people cheering for Pumas in 10, 15 years. Like it's going to get old. Like the term viejos y grandes, like it's going to get old and old fashioned because it's there's not going to be new generations following successful soccer like Tigres is going to continue to do as it spends more money on players each transfer window. Exactly. Say goodbye so, to the chiquitin word. Oh, yeah. In, uh, in 15, 20 years. And they can have it, bro. I don't really <laughs> care. I, that doesn't. I really don't me. care either, man. I don't. So. For reference, Woods, we um we get shit talked in Mexico for being like Man City and Chelsea in uh, the Premier League. Oh, I already knew that. Trust me, I didn't need. To. <laughs> yeah, but it's been like horrific the past two weeks. It's almost like pathetic. Like anything that is Tigres related, everybody. Yeah, I've not seen the about. Spanish uh, commentator. I forgot the name. It's um some guy on the um, some guy on ESPN. Uh, Fight this one. Fight this uh, one? I forgot his name, but um, he, he is an ESPN guy and he talks about, I've, I've heard him years back before, he speaks both, he commentates in both English and Spanish, and when I watch his English commentary, he talks about the Mexican fan base, how they're always urging for Tigres to fail. I've known that for years, but I don't know in recent times when you brought up the uh, the, the financial fair play in the in last episode, I was like, you are joking me, these are lost, these men are lost in their head. Yeah, and you know, Pretty soon it's going to be one less foreign spot in the league because they want to develop Mexican talent. So it's uh, it's odd. It's an odd way of looking at it, but that's what Mexican football is. It's a circus. But anyways, guys, it was a great combo. Uh, great to have you guys. Um, and we'll see each other next time. Take care, guys. See you all soon. Peace.